broadcasting around the world. This is the Hard Asset Money Show. Your wealth, your money, your future. Serious talk about what's happening and how you can profit. Live in 3, 2, 1. Hello everybody, this is Christian Briggs, the host of the Hard Asset Money Show, coming to you live today from San Juan, Puerto Rico. So today we've got a great show and we're going to talk a lot about inflation, what is inflation, what is going to happen over the next 6, 12, even 24 months, but more importantly, what is the real inflation number? Well, today on the show we're going to discuss everything about inflation, everything that you need to understand to be able to maintain wealth as well as grow wealth. And there's a lot of money to be made during inflationary times. So don't be discouraged. Stay tuned, and we might actually show you that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. This podcast is brought to you by Hard Asset Management. We have the guaranteed lowest prices on all precious metals and rare coins. Call us at 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. Welcome back. This is Christian Briggs, host of the Hard Asset Money Show. Today we're going to be discussing the true inflation rate. What is the true inflation rate? So I get asked that all the time. What is the true inflation rate? Well, inflation by measuring various products, services, and then taking all of that in and being able to set a number to it. Because there's so many variables. Think about this. You've got food. Well, within food, you have meats, you have vegetables, you have condiments, you have cereal, you have many, many things. So when they say food has gone up 40% or 50%, that's a sample-based system where it takes a lot of different types of things that we would pick up at the grocery store and then equates that into a number that's by aggregating all of that into one average. So let's say they take all those different things that we buy in the grocery store and let's say if you average them all together, they come up to 30%, 40%. There's your inflation on food, but then you've got commodities that go far beyond, and that could be lumber, that could be gold, that could be silver, that could be nickel, it could be oil for that matter. So there's a lot of different things that make up in the inflation the government reports. But what's not in there, which I believe is one of the single biggest things, is housing. It doesn't contribute in the rent, it doesn't contribute in the price of and the cost of home ownership from buying it to owning it to maintaining it. So there's a lot of things that are not in the consumer price index, which is your CPI or your inflation numbers. And we're about to have a big number come out this week, so be prepared. It's going to be a it's going to be a big one. So today we're going to talk about but what is the real inflation number? See, we got to make sure we understand that we have inflation. But if we're thinking at 7 or 8%, that's a little more palatable. You can digest that. But can you digest 15 or 20%? Which, after today, I think you're going to have a different type of understanding what inflation is. So, let's jump right into it because it's a hell of a show. So, the true inflation rate that we're starting to look at, in in our opinion, because we're looking at different things, and again, even when you don't add housing, which has been historically on fire for, what, 15 years now? almost 20 years, let's say. So they go back to 2001 after 9-11, it just started picking up. 2008, we had the correction from the credit crisis. It was an inflation crisis. It was a credit crisis. 
similar to what's kind of coming around the corner now, but add that inflation to it. And now all of a sudden you've got interest rate inflation, you've got housing inflation, commodities, including food, cars, planes, trains, God knows, automobiles, all that good stuff. So we've got a lot of things out there that are going up. So let's talk about how we separate all that out how we reflect on what the real number is without panicking. Don't get to the top floor of a building and feel like your only method to figure all this out is, is just solitude. It's not. you got to be action Jackson when it comes to stuff like this. you got to take it, the, the bull by the horns and you got to address it. And so here we go. Inflation is good in some cases. So, okay, hold on. Okay, nobody try to shoot, shoot, shoot the messenger. Inflation can be extremely good in times when you're prepared for it because it is a measure of things that go up. I'm not saying it's great, and I'm not saying it's warranted because we really don't want this kind of inflation, but if we're going to have it, not by our own doing, we might as well understand it and then try to secure a place within these inflationary times to secure wealth, whether you're preserving it, which you need to preserve it with 15 or 20% inflation because that's your buying power going bye-bye, or, and possible, create wealth, which is even better, which we're going to talk about how we can do that. But today, let's just talk about inflation. The true inflation rate right now, we think is somewhere between 13, 15% minimum, minimum. Because when you look at the historical inflation numbers going back about 35 years now, We've been monitoring between a two and a half and about a three and a half percent, give or take. Now, what's not in there is housing. Housing in the last three years in most major markets is up between 30 and 50 percent each year. Um, and that's staggering. Okay, like that's crazy, crazy numbers. That's not normal. That is not sustainable. And that is where the pain really comes from, especially if you're trying to buy a house. But again, for people who own a house, it's wonderful. For people trying to buy a house, it sucks. At the end of the day, it just sucks. But when you have governments that print money, that money then is introduced, pushed into the economy, you're going to have inflation. We know this, right? People outside government do not create inflation. We cannot create inflation. Only the government can by the value of the dollar or the euro or the yen or the pound, and that value is dependent upon how much is out there. If less currency is out there, then you have a lot more consistent inflation numbers, not this wacky stuff. But when you push trillions, and I mean literally hundreds of trillions of dollars over the last 20, 30 years into a marketplace that was not needed, then everybody, certainly the people who have that cash, are going to spend it. And boy, did they spend it. So your top 5-10% of the world's wealth pretty much took about 75%, give or take, of the printed cash over the last 20 to 30 years. Go look at any of the billionaires out there. Go see what their net worth grew the last 3, 4, 5 years, even 10 years. Now take that middle class and then see what their net worth grew. Look at what their wages had grown. Nowhere near that top 5 or 10%. And then equate that to the top 1%. So inflation, for the most part, is not great for the middle class. People like like our, like me who, who are in the middle class or who are not in that top 1% of the great wealth. 
we don't see the great increases in our bottom line. So we have to zig and zag. We have to do more and be conscious enough to be proactive and not reactionary so we maintain and grow our wealth. So if we're looking at the historical and pretty much tried and true way to get ahead, it's always been about diversification. So when you're looking at inflation numbers that are 13, 15, and I've, I've even seen some reports and some, some commentators that are opinions are closer to 20%, which I don't find to be too far hard to believe because when you add the historical increase in homes, then I can believe 20%, no problem. It may even be more than that, actually. Because in some markets, the last year, we've seen a 30% increase, let alone a 50% increase in some markets over three years. It's been crazy. So now, when you see prices and the homes, whether you're buying or whether you're renting, go up 30 40% in a year, remember, those home prices is not just about the demand, but that is also about the commodities that are used to build that home. And now that we have oil hovering around 120 for Texas crude and Brent crude is around 110 these are historically very high oil prices. Given the inflation now is pushing past a 40-year high, and I believe we're gonna this year we're going to set the all-time record for both gold, silver, platinum, palladium, and certainly inflation, this is going to be a record year for hard assets, whether it's commoditized in industries or whether it's precious metals or whether it's rare coins, including oil and all that good stuff. These hard assets are going to do phenomenally well. Again, that's called wealth preservation, wealth creation. That's called pivoting, and that's called being pro active. Do not think you're going to get ahead by being a reactionary investor. You never ever succumb to the understanding that you can just uh, sit back and watch. You're never going to be able to get that as a rational way of thinking. You have to be proactive. You got to jump in, jump head first, not one toe at a time. When you see these things happening, like right now, and this is just the beginning, this is not the middle or the end. This is the beginning of what's coming. So when we're starting to look at all of the ways of which we need to look at inflation numbers, let's talk about that. Okay, we're going to go right to the numbers, but we're going to take a quick commercial break. So give me a second. Uh, make sure you listen to our commercials. They're very important, and they'll help do everything we're talking about here today, and that is help preserve and grow wealth over the long term. So we'll be right back in less than 30 seconds. Green energy demand should turbocharge silver prices to $200 an ounce, according to many experts around the world. Silver in 2020 rose nearly 48%, beating the S&P by double, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Call now and get your free Hard Asset Management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. Okay, welcome back. So let's talk, let's talk numbers. With the official inflation rate currently at around 8% year over year, as everybody knows, and we're pretty much at a 40-year high. One could be forgiven for believing that the government's statistics are to be trusted this time. I mean, why would you think otherwise, right? Why would you want to think that the government's statistics are inaccurate? In fact, they're very accurate on this 7.9% year over year, so much so that they may be lower than what's truly the number. It's not that they're, they're uh, uh, lowballing inflation uh but what they're doing is they're not reporting all the things that should be reported on in that inflation guide, okay? 
So when you look at the homes that we talked about, home ownership or renting, there's a cost associated with that. Okay, newsflash, right? Newsflash. So when you look at the average number for families in America, we're, we're looking at 13 to 15%. So given the government's recent track record, which was sent trust to multi-decade lows. In other words, we, we were under this assumption in the last 30, 35 years that inflation was this 2 to 3%, 25 to 3.5%. But really what it is is there was not many of the uh, higher cost items in there like housing whether you own or rent and then there's other some of the food groups aren't even in there. i call it the food groups or food items aren't in there and then of course there's some commodities that aren't in there they've taken things out that are considered to be very volatile well homes are not volatile per se because if you look at 10 20 30 40 year snapshot they just keep going up right you know this right commodities prices go up because oil goes up costs money to cut lumber or to make pvc or to mine copper these are all elements and things of which that obviously go into building a home so now the governments are saying we have 7.9 so yes it's high inflation mm, so higher than that and when you start to look at the um, decentralization and the lettable history of real price index and and these things i'll give you an example here so we have when you start to decentralize some of these commodities in other words you're taking them in their empirical data and we're not trying to bring things to some of these commodities where it's like there's excuses why they're up or there's excuses why they're down what we sent no we want empirical data is it up is it down if so, what are those numbers? And so if you take inflation, and now we're getting much more transparency in the inflation numbers, believe it or not, through decentralization and blockchain, and looking at the dollars obviously collapsing. I mean, it's, it's collapsed. Let's just say for what it is. In 2000, if you had $100, today that $100 will only buy you about $28 worth of goods. So in 22 years, you've lost almost 75, 80% of the value. Okay, that is a disaster. That's a collapse. When you have a dollar and 10 years later, that's worth 90 cents, that's not too bad. But if we're talking over 20 years, okay, 20 years where we've lost 80% of the value, you can't tell me that we're running at 1% or 2% inflation on the Fed side. That's their comments. We're always in that 2% or lower. It's 2.5%, 3.5%, even when those numbers were probably decently accurate, three to 4% probably was more realistic. And then all of a sudden you've got feds back then saying, oh no, it's one, maybe two tops. It's not, and that doesn't even count housing. Look, 25, 30 years ago, you can buy a beautiful home for $250,000 in this country, pretty much anywhere. 30 years ago, no problem. Hollywood Hills, New York City, for a quarter million to a half a million dollars, you could have bought something in LA or New York, or even Florida 30 years ago. For $250,000 right now, I don't think you can buy the closet, okay, let alone a garage in any of those markets. Okay, those days are long gone. So we do have inflation that's running at a lot more the last 30, 35 years than one or 2%. Again, I say two and a half to three and a half as a bare minimum. So when we start talking about these things, the key difference between the CPI and what we call a true inflation index is that while the government uses survey data to measure inflation, true inflation looks at price data. See, that's the key. 
The CPI is measured in the form of a survey that collects about 94,000 prices per month for commodities, services, 8,000 rental housing units for housing component. Okay, that's 8,000 rental housing units. Well, what are those housing units? Okay, we know what the, the commodities and services are. They're, they're various things, whether the commodities are food, whether it's petrochemicals or just oil, it's precious metals, it's a host of things. But 8,000 rental housing units, forget the rental market. They, now, we don't even know what those rental, they could be Section 8 housing, they could be subsidized, or it could be all the way to the max where it's you know Southampton's, Long Island rental units, or Miami, it could be any of that stuff. And it might be a combination of everything and all the above. But what they don't put in there is the price of homes, okay? Real estate ownership costs. So it's really about the Truflation Index, or we call the Truflation Price Data, which means it's empirical information. It's not just surveyed, like kind of, well, it's about this, or it's kind of that. This is empirical. It's called the black box, as we call it. And we don't even know what they're using for the surveying, right? The black box means it's the unknown. We don't know how they've made that survey. We don't know how the government has executed on that and so on. And the surveys are quite dubious to us as opposed to real price data of the sales point, right? Remember that. See, it's like if, if you're asking a price for something, but you haven't quite sold it yet, that'd be like a survey of expectations or expected prices. But when you have sales data, it means product, services, Anything that's actually been sold or an action was taken on that product or that service where someone actually paid for it, that's a sales point, which means that's a data point. And so you can get that from merchants and aggregators. They will tell you what the real value is based on what people are willing to pay. So while the true inflation index is based on the same calculation model as the widely used CPI, it is different because, again, it measures and reports inflation changes daily by using current real market price data from sources all over the country. And these sources are incredibly valuable because it's in real time. So where you might do once a month sample surveying, like the government does of various commodities and services, including rental housing, those are just surveys. But now when you take trueflation price data gathering, you have literally daily or even hourly price points that are then gathered based on purchases, okay? Money changing hands. So 40% or thereabouts of the data that is being looked at is the same goods basket in the Truflation Data Index as the Bureau of Labor Statistics uses, okay? So remember this. So the remaining 60% is being substituted with data from other sources, right? So the government will get about 40% of, of its data from the same place Truflation looks at. The other 60%, they'll just kind of guesstimate on a lot of those things. But when you look at Truflation, there's no guesswork, right? So let's look at this. So where does that leave us? Okay, I get that question all the time when I talk about these kind of things. Where does that leave us? What is the real inflation rate? So if you look at True Inflation Dashboard, which runs on Chainlink and is therefore accessible and visible for everyone, remember Chainlink, right now we're at a minimum before April. This is January, February, March, consolidated and then bake back door, kind of back up a second and then look at last year. So it's a, it's a cross comparison from first quarter last year, let's say to first quarter this year, or it runs through the end of March. We're looking at right now 
13.2 at a minimum, and then the average food costs are up 26.5%, which is just staggering. So that's quite a difference from the government's sanctioned 7.9. Think about that. It's not one-tenth of 1% off or 1% off. It's literally 50% off, right? Think about it. If you take 7.9, let's just round up to 8, and let's just say 13.2 becomes 13, so we'll round that down, but we're on the other one up. So 8 versus 13. 50% of 8% is 4%, add the 4 to the 8, that's 12%, and we're still not to the 13% yet, which based on true inflation data point indexing, which is absolute gospel, we're at at least now 55 to 60% more inflation than what the government's reporting, and that does not count housing on the, on the ownership side. The Hard Asset Money Show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. If you've got a collection of precious metals and United States or world rare coins, call one of our account executives at Hard Asset Management, the world's rare coin and precious metals dealer, and they'll be happy to give you a free evaluation and appraisal on the value. And we can give you guidance on any recommendations that you may need. Free shipping on all precious metals and rare coins orders. 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. So basically, let's look at this in numbers here. Absolutely horrific, and, and again, if you're not prepared. But when you're proactive, and this was not rocket science. It's science, but it's not rocket science that you could see this coming. And for people that took proactive advice and made some changes in their overall long-term investment portfolio, they've done well. And since we're at the beginning of this, we're not in the middle again, and we're not at the end, this will be here for years. And whether it's 7% or it's 70%, we're going to have inflation because of policies around the world that are very much against a low interest rate environment. There's an unbelievable reason by which these governments have just inflated the M1, 2, 3, 4 money supplies. And so we'll, we'll definitively find these out, I'm sure, at some point why these numbers are just off the charts with the printing of the cash. But in the meantime, take precautionary measures. So we've got, right now, we've got, in 21, we had 51% more for gas. That's, that's a no-brainer. We knew that was coming. And this year, you know, 22, it's up another, what, 30%. 24% more for um, steak, 20% more for bacon, and 12% more for eggs. That was last year. Now, we know that this year, we're probably going to run at about a 50 to 100% higher inflation number than last year. So if the prices rose by two-digit percent, right? Think about that. If, if the prices rose by a two-digit percent, why has been the headline inflation so low? But it's been running at double-digit numbers. So we know that the government's job is to keep inflation down in the media, but yet their measures that they do or the events that they create, including increasing money supply because we have to have aggressive growth, Yes, you're going to get a blip. You're going to create the inflation, which does increase productivity in some cases because now you have so much cash chasing products and services, mostly products, which is obviously the, incre the increase in industrial usage. But what's interesting and what's really important, okay, it's borrowed money. Now, 50 years ago, when we borrowed money, let's say we borrowed $1. We created a dollar in economics, okay, believe it or not. It was a one-for-one one ratio 50, 60 years ago. So if we borrowed a trillion dollars, we didn't, but let's say we did back then, the equivalent 
uh, we would have a trillion dollars in economic growth. Now, that would only last about a year and a half to two years. Fast forward 50, 60 years, that same government debt to create that $1 in economic growth, you're going to love this, is now 12 times greater. And when the music stops on that money that was borrowed to create economic stimulus, the music stops, the economy falls off the cliff. Oh yeah, that's how it works. See, you can't borrow forever because as you do, the inflation continues to go up and it breaks the middle classes back. So the policies of administrations that believe in spending money that is not in existence, that's inflationary, that is counterproductive to a growth in economics, okay? Viable companies will borrow at 2 or 3% build a business that can grow at 12%. That's good business. That's good business. Governments borrow at three to 4%, but yet they can't pay it back. So they have to raise taxes. That takes money out of the economy. On top of that, inflation takes money out of the economy because people can't afford, so they cut back. That's where we're at. So let's talk about the fact that we have this massive inflation of closer to 14, 15, even 20%, let's say when housing's included, it could be, like I said, higher than that. You know, some people have said as high as 30%. And I'm not even questioning that right now, given the state of the uh, real estate market. So let's talk about how do we hedge this. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you go back to the early 70s and you had just bought silver, you were making about 11% a year annualized return when you look back over five or 10 year periods. Now, that's not bad. That's actually higher than a lot of stock indexes, surprisingly. It's certainly higher and better than bonds have ever done. So as long as you're needing growth or you can afford growth versus income, and sometimes a combination of the two is needed, precious metals have done incredibly well. Now, let's get into the, even the deeper parts of precious metals for a second with inflation. Now we have this Ukrainian problem, okay? This is, a, this is absolutely out of control. So Vladimir Putin, current president of Russia, has decided that he needs Ukraine to be added back to the Russian Federation. So for whatever crazy reasoning that's going on, all I can tell you is let's, let's cause and effect. That cause that he has in his mind is A, we don't even know what that is, but B is the effect. Now we're going to have massive food shortages this year. Inflation is going to be rampant among the food category. We're also going to have uncertainty, which is bad for business when it comes to stocks and bonds and real estate for that matter. Nobody likes uncertainty, so they kind of roll up the carpet. They don't spend as much. Guess what? Recession, but we're in a different model this time. We have not had a major recession with inflation at over 40-year highs. I mean, you think about this. Not only do we have real estate proportionally going up almost triple normal levels of appreciation or growth. We have inflation where the 80, 90% of America cannot keep up. They just can't. I'm telling you right now, they've already started cutting back. And then on top of all that, you have sanctions, sanctions on Russia that are going to cripple other commodities. Okay, The price points are going to skyrocket. The scarcity is going to increase to the point where some of this stuff is not going to be obtainable. Platinum, palladium, rhodium, some of the most key, critical, life-sustainable metals for many, many industries, including car manufacturing, both in fossil fuel and green renewable energy. Also, 
clean energy that goes into nuclear power plants, which is obviously being built in China. I believe they're building 30 to 40 of these over the next 10 years. Palladium, got to have it. Catalytic converters, got to have it. Renewable green energy, palladium, platinum, got to have it. Increase in military spending and military applications, got to have the platinum, palladium, and rhodium group. You got to have it. You cannot make any of that without these three key platinum group metals. So we are here to tell you that inflation is 13 to 15%, probably going to hit 30% next year if you even don't add in the housing because now we've got 40% of some of the most key commodities off the market. Off the market, mind you. Okay, and I mean off the market. So now what we're saying is when you start to look at all of the things that the CPI makes up and then you add it to trueflation, which is the data of blockchain, okay, chain link they call it. Now you have real numbers, okay? We were telling you this, I say me, myself, and I, plus my whole staff here, we've got a great research team. Many don't even know this, but we've got a group. Our, uh, our top guys are Patrick and Jeff. They work, of course, in our research and media team in California, and they research all this. They, they make me sound good is, is, is the bottom line. We are going to have energy prices somewhere in that $150 to $200 for a barrel of oil here in the next 12, 18 months. We're going to have gold in that $2,800 to $3,200 in the next 12, 18 months. Why? Because one, the demand by governments alone is staggering because they know their currencies are being devalued and they're, they're losing their buying power. Why? Well, because they're printing so much of that stuff, they're making them worthless. So gold is their hedge. Two, remember this, Anybody that's, that works probably has to use oil and gas in some measure of their business, whether it's getting to work, keeping the lights on, or digging for gold. The NX diesel, those tractors don't run on solar, and they sure as heck, at last I checked, didn't have any windmills attached to them or sails. So you're going to need diesel fuel. That's going to make the cost of that gold or silver, platinum, palladium, rhodium, whatever it is, go up big time. And if you're sanctioning 40 to 50% of the world's supply of some of those metals, well, guess what? High inflation creates a higher cost to get an ounce of that out of the ground. On top of that, you can't sell it and it's needed or you're not going to make cars, planes, trains, nuclear armament, missile or military applications. It's used in jewelry, dental, and it's used in petrochemical refinery. That's what people don't realize that. And it's, of course, used in, in a number of different energy applications. Again, it goes back to that same thing. Duh, right? Do I got to say it? Duh, buy it is my point. Buy it while you can get it before it gets crazy. Example, rhodium. We were pushing rhodium, begging people when it was a under $1,000 an ounce. I remember it was $720, $750 one day. And I go, you know what? This used to be $10,000. Everyone says, well, why is it so cheap? Who cares why it's so cheap? You buy it. It's, it's one of the most essential metals needed in so many different applications. Who cares? But when it's cheap, you buy. You know, the mentality by most people is buy high, sell low. But when it gets low, you can't find buyers. Well, we bought some and we bought a lot and we recommend it to a lot of it to our clients and a lot of them listened. Guess what? It's eighteen to twenty thousand dollars an ounce now. Yeah, not bad, huh? Not bad to make about twenty times your money in less than twelve, fifteen years. So yeah, we're pretty happy with that one. Palladium, we love palladium. We think it's in that same long-term category as rhodium. Platinum, no question. Platinum should be twice the price of gold. It's half the price of gold. 
And then there's different ways of which to buy these metals. Okay, so with inflation the way it is, and the sanctions in Ukraine, and now we've got China talking about Taiwan as if it was already officially theirs, which I'm sure they're going to try to make it theirs before the end of this year would not surprise me. Then all of a sudden, all bets are off, and you think the metals can be imagined expensive? You don't even know what metal prices can be. When you've got China invading Taiwan and then Russia moves on from Ukraine to possibly other countries, which they've indicated they're certainly going to try, whether they accomplish that, we'll see. But in the meantime, it creates fear. It creates loss of items that we need or that are critically essential for everyday living. So again, why anybody would wait until these things make new all-time highs before they buy them goes beyond my rational thinking. Maybe I'm just too small-minded here, but I like to think, and I'm just spitballing here, that buying low is a lot better than buying high okay so think about that and again there's different ways to buy those metals that make them a little rare a little scarcer a little more appealing with a little more bang for the buck than just bar form and those are things that obviously we can talk about uh off off mic here as we say with one of our guys but again you've got to look at this thing and be seriously thinking how can stocks perform and again not all stocks there's obviously going to be ones that are going to be stellar holdouts and and those i I don't know i'm not even going to try to protect those i know one thing is this is that when you have inflation and you have inflation at a 40 plus year high if not an all-time high and you have record home pricing and i'm not talking about record home pricing that's been averaging five percent a year and now we hit a record this stuff doubled and tripled over the last five years in a lot of markets. Money markets were 10 or 20% a year in some markets. Like I just read last year for 21, some of your top five markets went up 35, 40%, which is just mind boggling. That's just not rational thinking to spend 5 million on a home that was a million dollars, say 10 years ago. It just doesn't make sense, but people do it. And if they can afford it, there's nothing wrong with that. But for us middle-class people that are more down to earth in a sense of that we've got to look at things in a different, different lens or different perspective, which is again, just the way it is. There's no judgment. It's just how it is for us. You know, we're the 99 percenters. We need to make sure that we have wealth preservation first and foremost. Wealth creation. With that wealth preservation, you get to double dip. And that's what I'm talking about. Precious metals and rare coins will hedge this. Trust me if you know me personally. Many of you do. And for the ones that don't, I've been an advocate for this for 40 years. And if anybody knows me, I've done very well as a percentage investing in these things and and maintaining the consistency of rotating sometimes in my long-term portfolio. I'm not, you know, Jeff Bezos by any means, and I'm more middle-class than I've ever been. But at the same time, again, it's not about how much we make, but it's how much percentage we make in return for the time that we put our money to work, right? Remember that, you know, you put $25,000 in something and you're making 20% a year. That's better than the guy that put a hundred thousand making 5% a year. See, it's about the percentage of return that is the most significant value proposition of why we invest in anything at all. So again, we're going to go back to snow. Oh, oh, I got, I can do one more commercial break here. Sorry, commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more statistics on inflation and remember this one's gonna probably uh be a little more concerning uh don't freak out but remember if you're proactive what i'm about to tell you when we come back from this commercial break is good for you and you want this we'll be right back with many gold experts predicting gold can surge up to $25,000 an ounce, now is the time to buy gold. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Gold was up 25% last year, an incredible return for any investor. 
Call now or go to our website at bmcham.com and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own gold. 844-426-4653. Okay, welcome back everybody. So let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen this year and next year. Is it going to get worse? Is it going to stay about the same? Or will it get better? Let's talk about that. You ready? The Ukrainian war is sending, as you know, the cost of energy and food soaring across the world. This is obviously no secret. You know, price controls, which has been talked about here of late, may be the only way to stop a devastating chain reaction, which is obviously forthcoming. Two weeks ago, um, the current administration admitted that we are probably going to be in for a severe food shortage this fall. And I don't think it's going to be this fall. I just read today that baby formula is almost non-existent in a majority of the grocery store chains. Baby formula. It's just, it's not available. It's very scarce right now. It's actually, it's quite rare in some markets. And that in itself is scary. The war in Ukraine has gone global. This is no secret. Again, we were talking about this. Spiking commodity prices are on track to see their sharpest rise since 1970. This is 50 plus years ago. And all of the people that listen to our show, which we're obviously global, and we have tens of thousands of people that listen to the show uh, every time we put a new one out, and then it obviously gets shared, and we get hundreds and hundreds of calls, texts, emails, what have you, into into our team here, as well as some of our, our guys in California, and they ask the hard questions. What is going to happen? Well, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, is everybody listening is going to be proactive, number one, and get ready for the inevitable, okay? And at the end of the day, the suffering across the world, which has been incredibly disheartening, it's just terrible, it breaks my heart when you see these inflation numbers and people don't or they can't react fast enough or they don't have the information at fingertips. Every human needs to survive. We know this, right? And with surging commodity prices, it's affecting everything from the food to the roof over our head to the vehicle or whatever it is that gets you to work. These things are a big deal. Wheat prices are up 60% since February this year. February. Food prices are now higher than during the global food crisis of 2008. People don't even know this. They don't even know this. And just this year, over another 155 million people around the world have been put into extreme poverty and they're starving. Listen, if you think it can't happen here, there was a reason why the administration came out, the current administration two weeks ago, and that's been following up ever since, has been telling people, take heart, we are in for a issue when it comes to food in this country. If baby formula, which is almost non-existent in some of the major grocery store chains in several of the markets in the U.S., is an indication we're going to have inflation at 30, 40, 50%, which may even be the real number in some areas, not everywhere, but in some areas or different commodities and certainly in, in things like wheat, 60% increase since February. Okay. So the shock is a metaphor, which is kind of deceptive. And let me explain that to you. A shock is usually means a quick action to something that just happened. You're in shock for whatever reason. You fall down, you break your leg, you're in shock, but that leg will be mended. In a, usually a quick period of time, not years, but months. But this is not a momentary blast or a momentary shock. If you look at all the warning signs and the current administration and the UK government and other governments in Europe, Western and Eastern, have all said the same thing, that this may be in fact an avalanche of massive inflation globally. See, since 2020, the beginning of 20, this government's 
and say this governments we're all talking about this new world order these days some people talk about that but let's talk about the governments not these governments because you have the g7 the g20 I almost want to lump them together sometimes that's when i say the governments basically they've printed about 75 to 80 trillion dollars whether it's been indirect direct federal reserve national debt socialized uh, economics when they pump cash in to help the on the COVID, whatever the the reasoning and the manner in which that they printed the money and their definitions is, you've got about seventy-five to eighty trillion dollars out there in new fresh debt or just printed cash in a, economies that that's just overblown. Now on top of that, now you got this Ukraine thing. The hard asset money show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. The world is in crisis, with political unrest and financially unstable countries trying to print their way to prosperity by taking on trillions of dollars of new debt. It's incredibly concerning. That's why you need to own silver as a hedge. So call today to receive the free hard asset information kit on how easy it is to own silver. Green energy demand will possibly turbocharge silver prices to 50, 100, even 300 an ounce according to many experts around the world. Silver is a proven hedge against inflation. Since 1971, silver has returned over 11% when averaged yearly. Silver is a proven wealth preservation for hundreds of years. Silver in 2020 rose over 47%, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management is a trusted leader in precious metals and rare coins for nearly 40 years. We have the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, expedited shipping, with award-winning customer service available 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. CST, Monday through Friday. So protect yourself from the chaos. Invest in stability with Hard Asset Management. Call now and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. Two historical episodes offer a guide to these tumultuous times. The 2010s and the 1970s, both periods saw commodity spikes trigger a cascade of crises that tumbled year after year after year. The protracted disorder was powered by a feedback loop between chaos in the markets and chaos in the real world. Okay, remember this, chaos in the markets. So stock market, disaster. Bonds, disaster. Conflicts triggered price shocks and those high prices sparked more conflicts, causing prices to spike again and again and so forth. So as we now start to get into more escalation of military actions, don't think that this is just going to go away. China now is beefing up nuclear armaments. It's in today's headlines. Two, Ukraine, they're not going to give up until they get them. You know, Russia will not give up. And they're talking about two to three other countries just in the last 48 hours of this broadcast. So when you start to look at the first avalanche began in 73 with the Arab-Israeli war. In retaliation for the U.S. supporting Israel, the newly confident OPEC energy cartel deployed the oil weapon by doubling and then quadrupling the international price. Sound familiar? And across the world, inflation surged. Unemployment soared. I mean, it went nuts. Stock markets suffered their biggest crash since when? 1929. Many countries turned to, to Wall Street banks to borrow money, and then they couldn't pay them back, let alone the consumers. But in 79, when the Iranian revolution sent prices higher still, the Fed chairman, Paul Volcker, hiked interest rates to 20% to battle a fresh bout of inflation. Okay, you ready for this? If you look at commodity price increases as a percentage, 
compared to then. And you look at statistically where we are right now, we're in worse shape with way more debt. Back then, we didn't. this country didn't even have a trillion dollars in debt. In fact, we were less than $500 billion. And yet we have higher inflation, higher everything. Okay, remember this. And the debt is almost $31 trillion. Okay, so in 79, again, we had Paul Volcker hike interest rates to 20% to battle that fresh bout of inflation. The indebted countries defaulted, triggering the third world debt crisis. Okay, the third world debt crisis was the largest debt crisis in history by the third world. The rescue package that the IMF offered the defaulting countries was conditional on slashing what? Government expenditure, especially on food, fuel, and other subsidies. People in those countries could not afford to live. And of course, protests erupted all over the world. Don't think it can't happen because it's already happening. Governments in Peru, Brazil, Argentina, Mexico, Jamaica, the Philippines, Panama, Sudan, and others were all eventually either voted out or overthrown. Crazy. Look what's happening in Peru. Communist government took over there recently. Massive inflation there. Massive inflation in Venezuela. Europe is experiencing some of the worst inflation ever. They're having the same issue we are, but if we really peel back the onion all the way, I do believe we're at the highest inflation numbers ever in history. So again, this is not going to stop. We've got at least five or 10 years of some chaotic, volatile pricing for both the services, both the commodities. Oil, no question, it's going to 150 to $200 a barrel. So again, we're telling everybody, this is the reality. Perception is not good for the next five or 10 years. So let's bring it down, let's say three to five years. What are you gonna do about it? You're gonna watch as your investments either decline or the value of the buying power that they represent erodes as the dollar is going down. We're gonna do a show in 24 hours that takes what I just said here to the next level. It's gonna all be about currencies and just how worthless they really are and why people who started to buy gold, silver, platinum, palladium, even rare coins just a few years ago, in some cases, have almost doubled their money. And we're going to show you that and talk about it and what's going to happen now that the currencies are pretty much gone. In other words, they would be very hard-pressed to create a paper currency that once had it, the value that it had 50 years ago. And remember, when the inflation numbers come out, watch retail sales. I'll bet your retail sales start to decline pretty fast this year for the rest of the spring and certainly into the summer. And I do believe that Christmas is going to be a bust because by then you could have 9% mortgages. You could have 20% interest rates. Gee, if you can't afford a house at 3.5% interest rates, how in the hell are you going to buy one at 9% and afford that? I'm Christian Briggs, the host of the Hard Asset Money Show, coming to you live from San Juan, Puerto Rico, where we always broadcast during the entire year. I live down here full time. It's a great place. Enjoy the uh, the warm weather and the beautiful scenery and the beautiful people. And uh, we uh, can't say enough about Puerto Rico. But in the meantime, what I can say enough is diversify. Do it while you can. Thank you.